When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig. Inspiring kid confidence. Hello, everybody. Hey, and welcome back to another edition of Courtside with Christy and Gabe on the Her Hoop Stats Podcast Network. I am Christy Winter Scott, joined as always by my guy, Gabe Ibrahim. And Gabe, my goodness, let me tell you something. Sitting courtside with you, talking about all the things that have gone on in women's basketball over the last week. And we always say this, but I'm telling you, it is incrementally exciting every single time because there's always something happening that that just spins the world around. And I, I just love it. No, yeah. And I do want to say, though, we it was slightly less news. I, I want to be real with our audience. You know, we always come on here. Okay. We say we got so much news. It's so crazy. It was slightly less news. However, we still had one of the best players in WNBA switch teams. Uh, allegedly that hasn't officially happened yet with Liz Cambage. Um, not that, and I'm going to save my opinions on that for t- I'm doing a podcast with Jackie Powell. Um, but oh, yeah. we, we had that, uh, uh, we had easy FUDs breakout game. We had Caitlin Clark doing Caitlin Clark things. I mean, it, it's like, yes, I think this week for me was a little less, uh, news, but we still had a ton and you're right. I think the college basketball season, especially, is mm-hmm. progressing like it's it's you know it's picking up speed it's, it's picking up it's going. momentum and you should fo- that's why you should follow at her hoop stats go to herhoopstats.com herhoopstats.substack.com for our newsletter where we're breaking down all of college basketball WNBA anything that's happening at women's basketball we talk about it uh, and then you can follow us on Twitter our names just popped up uh below okay. us and we're gonna do the thing too where we split this up into two YouTube episodes but one podcast uh, and I think I think I want to start. We we should start though with college basketball because yes. uh, Christy, you kind of had a big Sunday. Oh my goodness! It was a huge Sunday. But first and foremost, happy birthday to our youngest son, Jordan Scott. He turned 15, and he accompanied me out to Los Angeles with his older brother, Jerome Jr. 
and we had the best time, Gabe. I can't yeah. even tell you. You know, it was like when you can intertwine work and family. I don't know. I, I am just in <laughs> like a blissfully joyous space when that happens. And um, and Jordan's and on busy, varsity. Was, we we gotta mention super- Jordan's on varsity. He made the varsity squad this year. He did, and he's doing really well with them. Uh, you know, South Lakes had a, a huge win over Madison uh, in this last game that they played last night, and and it's just so much fun just to watch him at the high school level. I can't believe it. Sometimes I pinch myself, <laughs> but um, but yeah, it was it was a fantastic Sunday in LA. Early call time. I had a five forty five call time a.m. Right, um, but we got in on Saturday evening and had a big dinner at um the cut restaurant it's a wolfgang puck steak place what gotta go if you're ever in la so good and then after the dinner which was great they did happy birthday gave him a chocolate souffle it was like the best night and wrote happy 15th birthday on the little plate with chocolate Hmm. anyway but after that we saw the knicks because the knicks had just played the lakers And they're like half the Knicks team was in the lobby. And I was like, excuse me, it's my son's birthday. How y'all doing? And I took some pictures and, you know, it was just one of those like happenstances, but mm-hmm. it was, it was really cool. And then the boys stayed back in the hotel because 545, you know, yeah, to be somewhere, not wake up call 545 to be in the makeup chair. Um, so I had to get out of there and, um, and go over, but then they did like a room service, you know, at the Beverly Wilshire, which is pretty, pretty fancy, fancy. And uh, so they were chilling out and which was really cool. So they came over to the studio in the middle of the day. But I did, um, you know, the pregame stuff for the Tennessee Yukon game. A lot of eyes. My phone was like a little, you know, a little Blown active, up. Blown a little up. active, a little active, um, you know, but that was really cool. But just to to be in that moment, Michael was fantastic uh, in studio with me with Fox Sports and we had so much fun. He's so funny, by the way. But, <laughs> um, but that game was, you know, we've anticipated this is only the third game in the last three years after a 13 year mm. hiatus of these two teams not playing one another. Um, UConn now has won all three of the oh. last meetings, but it was uh, at the beginning, you could just feel the history of that moment and obviously missing the presence of the late great iconic Pat Summit in that moment. But you know that the seeds that she's planted mm-hmm. with Kelly sure. Harper and the way Kelly sounds, I'm telling you, she sounds exactly like Pat when she talks. Can't get that out of my head. But just to have um, the connection to Pat and then knowing that Kelly played against UConn and all those great battles. And I believe she was as a player four and one against UConn. Mm-hmm. And then now as a coach, Oh, and three. So she's, she's going to get it. Um, but they're still working out, you know, with some injury situations and um, key and green being out with an ACL yeah. you know, just a couple of weeks ago. So it takes time to, for sure to get reacclimated, but speaking of reacclimated, wow. AZ five. I mean, Gabe, what did you think of AZ? So, I mean, I coming in, like, I'm, I was thinking about a lot of history because, you know, I've, I've read a uh, summit up yeah. Pat Summit's book. I, I, I remember oh, reading yeah. how they how she talked about why she they decided mm-hmm. not to play UConn anymore. Um, apparently, yes. there was, you know, there are some things said uh, yeah. in recruiting and something said in interpersonal 
uh, exchanged with her and Gino that that were up to the wrong way, and then they eventually got they got through all that. Um, yeah, to have a, a more healthy relationship. But you know, I was coming in thinking like, yeah, yeah, I think this is the year Tennessee's gonna do it. They're gonna they're gonna get that monkey off their back. They're gonna beat UConn. Yeah. They're gonna really restart the rivalry because you need both teams to win to have a rivalry if only one team's win it's not a rivalry and Tennessee hasn't been quite at that level until this year where they come in where were they ranked they were ranked in the number four yeah so they come in top five team taking out UConn team that had been struggling and then boom that spark from AZ FUD and you know I think it's 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 good. It's great to talk about AZ. She had the 25 points. I really want to di- dig into what she did, but yeah. I also want to give credit to the rest of UConn because this sure. team came together, you know, Olivia Nelson, Dota, Kristen Williams, Davina Westbrook, Dorka Juhas, Nika Mall. Like they, they all came together and really played like the veteran squad right. that we thought that they should be right. We, we Absolutely. saw, I think the team that we envisioned for UConn started mm-hmm. showing out in that Tennessee game even without yeah. Paige Beckers. Right. So without their best players, they, re- they really showed up. And AZ, you know, she was a beneficiary and a catalyst <laughs> of all that, right? Like she was – Absolutely. She had the stroke going. She was so confident. There wasn't the thought, right? There, was, You know, sometimes you see freshmen and they – yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's not that hesitation. She just saw it. She got an open shot and she hit it. Mm-hmm. And she was just so good in that role. And I think she was – she was part of the reason, like I'm saying, she was a catalyst for everything that UConn did. Yeah. And they used her in such really, they use her in really unique ways as a screener coming back out to the three-point line and her ability mm-hmm. to shoot above the, uh, above the break threes. Right. Huge for them. It, it gave them so much more spacing, so much more danger in their offense that Tennessee really couldn't um, respond to it. And I think UConn, yeah. you know, they just love to take advantage of those little tiny gaps you leave in the defense. They know exactly what they're doing. I was just so impressed with all of UConn, but I think AZ was a big part of that. Yeah, no doubt. I think, you know, before the game, Mike Hill asked me, he said, who needs to be the X factor? Because Desharm wasn't playing either because mm-hmm. she was injured in their last game. So she was out on top of Paige being out. Desharm had averaged 18 in the absence of yeah. Paige Beckers, and she's been out. So she's been a key piece to their offense, which has been struggling uh, this season in terms of, um, continuity and consistency and sustaining gaps in games where they had droughts in games where they just weren't scoring the ball well. And this is a team that's seventh in the country in defensive efficiency in, in UConn. So they can get it done on the defensive end, but they just had some lapses on the offensive side. And then with Desharm being out, I was like, oh, snap. Like, mm-hmm. you know, who is going to be that next one? And I was thinking, I, the first person I said was AZ Fudd, right? right? Because it was her first career start. And I've seen her in action since she was a tiny wee baby little girl <laughs> who is in the gym, like just a flat out bucket. Okay. And, you know, she's obviously from the DMV, uh, St. John's College High School in DC, but then played a couple of seasons um, of AAU basketball with GTS Fusion, Fusion Fam, um, mm-hmm. with my daughter, Brianna, who's over at Georgetown, Georgetown, UConn in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Oh, I digress. Um, I'm excited. Um, but, but even with that, just seeing her, in practices with GTS fusion and, and games and just her, her incredibly laser-like focus. That's uncommon. A lot of kids don't have that. I don't care how old, I don't care if it's WNBA level. Like a lot of people do not have that kind of mindset. And for her to know 
that the team needed her in that particular game on mm -hmm. that particular stage in that particular rivalry game as a freshman, I knew she was going to come up big because like you said, her confidence level is unmatched as a freshman. She is amazing in terms of her balance, getting into her shots. She made seven threes, but the one that was most important to me was guess which one of her, of her three, the first one. Yeah. No. I'm like, I'm like, that's, a, that's a wrap. Cause as soon as I saw that first one go in, I was like, that's going to be money for her the rest of the game. And I think first half, she wasn't really clicking, but then in that second half, when UConn got really on a, a good rhythm with their offense, she was stroking that thing, like you said, but when that first one went down it was three, nothing UConn, I was like, Oh, sit back and watch this show because she's getting ready to go off, which she did. And I mean, a career evening for her. 25 points and you know they needed it i thought it was going to be kristen williams because mm -hmm. last year she was the x factor thought she needed to be the factor um but it turned out to be az fun and i you know i'm so happy for her no and, and kristen played well too um, but yeah it, it was just one of those games where it, i think you this uconn team is really good even when Paige is there about taking what the right. defense gives them and exactly. and tennessee you know, they tried a lot of different things. They just couldn't get out to AZ Foot. And she yeah, has yeah. just one of the prettiest strokes mm -hmm. I've ever seen in basketball. And we're going to talk about some awesome scores. Obviously, we're going to talk about Caitlin Clark. I want to talk about Taylor yeah. Robertson from Oklahoma, too. But I don't think I, – I can't think of a college player this season that I've seen with a prettier jump shot than no. AZ Foot. And it, it really just cha – it changed the game. And she gets them off quick. And – you know, she played 39 minutes in this game and she had a lot of, she did a lot of her damage in that second half. And it's just like, like that is, that is some moxie there to come in play the most minutes on your team as a freshman, especially when you haven't been as acclimated to the, you know, to the team this year, just because of the injuries. So yeah. for her to come in and, and really be the leader was so yeah. impressive. Was um, and I think, you know, as I mentioned, everyone deserves credit, but she was just unbelievable and i think once they get page back you know those two or three weeks where we thought uconn might not be that good this year that was fun right that's over we can that's put over. we can put that behind <laughs> us uconn's back they will be yeah. really good and if they even if they don't get page back this year which is a possibility it doesn't it seems like they they think you a uh, page is going to come back at least for the tournament yeah. but even if they don't get page back this year this team is still so dangerous with all the talent they have. Mm -hmm. If they just have just a little bit more injury luck, you know, I think we're talking about another final four trip, but I don't know. I don't want to get it too far ahead of ourselves, but right. th this game to me really signified that they're, they're kind of back. Um, I did want to mention Tennessee though, because Tennessee is struggling at the moment. Um, mm -hmm. They've, I, I can't, I don't remember exactly how many games. Yeah, they've lost the last two, three of their last four. They lost yes. an Auburn team, as we talked about, who was struggling all year. They lost to Florida, mm -hmm. who unfortunately for me as a Miami Hurricanes fan is pretty good. And also we are not talking about the Miami Hurricanes today. That's okay. Happening. Yeah, we, that was. Yeah, we don't talk. Nope, 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 nope. Okay. No, 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 no talking about the kids. Um, but the I, Tennessee is uh, not playing is not playing their best basketball. As you mentioned, they're dealing with injuries, but I just wanted to get your yeah. feel of watching the game in the way you're watching it. What, what do you think is yeah. happening with Tennessee at the moment? 
I mean, I think they're struggling with right. the injuries, you know, I think that's so hard. And I know it's not an excuse, it's reality. So I just have to make sure I'm clear with how I'm stating that. It, it's hard when you have a player who was a key piece and key in green and, and what she was able to do at 6-1, just a very versatile piece, especially on the defensive end, to miss that rotational piece um, that they had that was obviously a great rhythm to get them to number four in the country and you know to hit this bump in the road literally and figuratively for them I think it's tough but I think this this win helps UConn more than it hurts Tennessee and I say that because of the conference that Tennessee Mm -hmm. is in they still have to play South Carolina again you know I I think and, and Georgia I think they still have they still have like three or four other teams that are in the top 25 within conference play before the tournament starts. And then of course they have the tournament to get right. Okay. So with UConn, they don't really have any other teams in the big East besides DePaul that's maybe receiving votes and down there at the 25 to 30 slot. I mean, and that was a close game last time they played. So DePaul is probably going to give them the biggest challenge, not to say other teams can't, but I'm just saying in terms of being ranked mm-hmm. in the top 25, Tennessee has more chances to get right before tournament play and before the NCAA tournament. UConn needed this win yeah, in a big sure. way because of seedings and the national landscape of things when it comes to um, ranked wins and the net rankings and all of that. So I am concerned about Tennessee because losing the way that they have lost games and and understanding that coming into the UConn game, they were averaging 17 turnovers a game and that turnovers did them in against Auburn and Florida. Mm -hmm. And that second half game, I, you know, some of those turnovers, I was like, wow, 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 wow. They, they just can't do that. And coming into that game, Kelly Harper was saying, you know, we just had so many live ball opportunities that we gave to Florida, at least four or five layups you know, just long passes on the perimeter that just got picked and they went the other way. And she was adamant and saying like, we, we cannot have that. Mm-hmm. So that's something obviously that they need to shore up because obviously that's empty possessions that they can't even test their wares at the rim. Yeah. So for me, that's my biggest concern. Can they take good care of the ball and not give live ball opportunities to their opponents moving forward in the SEC? And that's a, that's a tall task. That's a tall task, especially when, you know, you have lost three of the last four. Your momentum is, is different than it was, you know, two weeks ago. And you look back two weeks ago, I think it was the 23rd of January when um, mm-hmm. Key and Green got hurt. So that's like the same timeline. So maybe they just have mm-hmm. to rework their rotations and their chemistry, but they also need to lock in on their focus in terms of taking care of the ball. Yeah, no, I agree. And and the other thing that I want to point out is they did not win the rebounding battle, which no. for this year's Tennessee team is is not what they want. They were first in the nation in rebounding. I'm not sure if they're still there. I haven't, ch- I haven't checked that stat before we got on. But it, that is big for them. And I think the, yeah. the injuries have hurt them. One thing, one positive, though, um, that I want to point out is Ray Burrell kind of got her legs under her in that second she half. Did. She the did. first half, it was, it was tough sledding for her at the rim. And I, I need, mm-hmm. I want to see her as a, as a draft prospect. I want to see her get a little bit more creativity in her finishing around the rim. Um, mm-hmm. But clearly, the one of the big issues is that she's coming off an injury and she hasn't quite gotten her legs under her. So seeing her ju- just be a little bit better 
in terms of, uh, you know, the lift that she has in that second half, I think that's big for them. And I do think there's just an amount of reworking with Tennessee that needs to happen. Yeah. And yeah. look, you're, you're in a tough conference. It's a tough, yeah. it's a tough, tough conference. I mean, we talked Auburn hadn't won, I think like 20, they had lost 20 straight sec games coming into that one. They yeah. still almost beat a number of ranked teams before that. And since yeah. Florida is going to be ranked this week and UConn is obviously UConn. So it's not like they've lost to scrubs, but they also don't play any scrubs. Like they have Mizzou yeah. next Vanderbilt at Alabama, then South Carolina, they finish off the season with LSU. So LSU. Right. Okay. it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a tough road, but I do, I do think they have a, like you're saying, I, I think they have time to get it together. And then, you know, I'm not going to say they will because you never know, but I think they certainly can. So Tennessee fans don't like, don't like freak out. It's, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. I think they're going to be all right. Uh, we, we have to talk about the woman of the hour, the month, potentially the year. Caitlin Clark. Good <sighs> Lord. Good. Amazing. <laughs> she, she, I, all right. I, what, is there a college player that you can remember Mm-mm. like this? I, I, I can't, I can't quite come up with one. No, no. And, you know, and, and even I, 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 I had no like stamped in my head, but then now I'm trying to recollect right. and it's still no. And the thing about Caitlin Clark is she's so shifty mm-hmm. and incredibly confident with her game. And I think, you know, her logo threes that she hit. I mean, my headset was like this during that game because, you know, they fought back and it was all in her hands. I mean, she had 46 points and in a loss. And she, the week before had 43 points in a loss. And it's so hard, I'm sure for her, because it feels like she's pouring mm-hmm. all in to the moment and, and not um, being reciprocated with a victory for the team. And so while it's amazingly exciting to say the least, it must be frustrating for her to, to lay all of that on the line and not get a dub. And, but for me, just as a fan of the game and you know, I need me a Caitlin Clark Jersey because (laughs) I'm a big fan of hers. And it's just the, it's the passion that she plays the game with and the fight. And the confidence. I mean, that kid, you could see like on, um, I think there's like, there's been over 4 million views of her logo shots. Oh my God. 4 million. Like, so it's so good to, you know, number one, know that people are watching, number one, women's basketball and watching what she is doing in the game. And, you know, I always say it's, it's not just good for women's basketball it's good for basketball like to see players like that and it's not Steph Curry doing it it's not Dame Lillard right it's not Clay this this young lady is dynamic and tough and the comments I I didn't read all of them obviously but some of them were like hey there's three minutes in the quarter and she's pulling I love it you know it's like this kid she doesn't care like it's like our team needs a bucket I can make this shot so it's not like you know, she's coming in there randomly, just firing up, hitting just the backboard. Yeah. Clearly she's worked on that. Clearly she's worked. I mean, the one from the Michigan logo. Oh, yeah. Her range, her range is the gym. If she's in the gym, period. she's in range. Right. Yeah. But it, and, and I also want to say like, I know people are pointing out that they lost. They did lose 
to the number six team in the country who is probably going to win the Big Ten. There, this right. is not a scrub team that she lost to. They have Michigan has a probable top five pick in Nas Hillman. They have they a do. great team around her. They have a great coach who's been there for a long, like who has been doing this for a long time. And they also yeah. lost to Ohio State, another ranked team. That being said, in their losses, right. in those two losses, they gave up 92 and 98 points. So I, I love what Caitlin's doing on the offense. It's incredible. It is amazing. It makes for great highlights for me personally. <laughs> but I do, they need to work on uh, their defense. I, I don't even know what exactly to point to because I think there's a, there's a lot of things to point to in terms of what they need yeah. to work on defense. But, um, you know, it, it was, it is tough too, just like this Michigan team is really, really good. And they're, they're and their bigs, the bigs for Michigan were just like, like almost created to, to beat Iowa with the way Iowa was playing. They were playing a really yeah. tight, packed in two, three zone. And right. Nas would just pick them apart uh, on those little passes. And, and um, so I, I think Michigan deserves a lot of credit, but yeah, man, I mean, you get 46 mm-hmm. points, 46 hey, points man. on 29 shots, 10 assists as well. I mean, yeah. Oof, oof. yeah. I mean, we talked, we talk about Caitlin Clark enough, but I, I did I did yeah. think we absolutely had to mention her. Yes. I mean, she's incredible. Um, and we probably need to go through a, a, a big 10, you know, update. Cause yeah. Conference, conference was crazy uh heating up i, I want to get one answer though because i think at this point okay michigan has to be michigan's favorite to win this conference they're 11 and one indiana's second indiana's still missing mckenzie holmes mckenzie holmes might come back she might come back this year yeah. we don't know yeah. yet but i think at this point it's kind of michigan's conference to lose am i wrong in that no i mean the way that they're playing and then in the iowa game this yeah. past sunday they didn't even have leah brown on the floor mm-hmm. And she's their second double-figure scorer, almost 20 a game. Yeah. So, I mean, they were missing her. She had her foot in a boot. I believe it was her left foot. So mm-hmm. I don't know if it's an ankle or a foot situation. Um, but she didn't even play. And they were still able to, to do what they did to a really great Iowa team. And like you said, um, Kim Barnes Rico, I mean, she has them clicking. And I believe they moved up to fourth this week in one of the national polls. I know they were six going in. Yeah. So, I mean, they're number four in the country. So we're not talking about four in the big 10 conference. Like we're talking about, you know, nationally. And I just think they're playing with, I mean, a ton of confidence, but they're executing on both sides and they're the best defensive team in the conference in terms of their stats, in terms of their, I think it's, um, they were only giving up 58 points per game coming into that contest, which was first in, in the big 10. I can uh, I can look that up. Also, though, yeah, double back uh, on that because I think that's what it was. And I was like, well, they're playing the D, and that's what you said. Iowa needed better defense, but Michigan had that defense going. <laughs> opponents are opponents are averaging fifty nine point five points per game against Michigan. Let me get the defensive rating though for our nerds. Uh, yep, they are <laughs> in her hoop stats defensive rating. They are twentieth in the country, tenth in offense, leads them to being eighth in the overall her hoop stats uh, rating. Um, I'm sorry. I had a quizzical look on my face. I don't know if you noticed that. I did. Why, why is Louisville ahead of NC State? I realize NC State lost to, to Notre Dame, but I mean, they recently played. I feel like NC State should be ahead of Louisville by virtue of that yeah. win. Just Which poll are you looking at? It's not the, AP. The AP. The AP. That's AP. Wow. Well, it wasn't on my list for Wait, voting. What? 
I, I can't I can't check I can't check Christie's vote. At well the darn. Oh well. Oh well. We'll never we'll never know. But yeah, I think I think we're gonna have to get into a, a quick uh, Big yeah. Ten update next week just because yeah. you know the con the conference is getting he- heated and I think uh, it's really changed since the last time we we went through it. Um, yeah. I I wanted to go on a little a little tiny rant uh, just quickly about Oklahoma Boomer. Oklahoma. Oklahoma, where the winds go sweeping down the plains. Um, Oklahoma, they have their first 20 win season since 2016 17. Uh, and they just like are one of the best teams to watch in college basketball. They have one of the nation's fastest and most efficient offenses. They're second in points per game in the nation for our nerds. They're 18th in HHS offensive rating, uh, third in pace a third in possessions per game. That's what I call it. Uh, and then 10th in points per shooting attempt. And I think it all goes back to Taylor Robertson. She's not only the best shooter in the country. I'm saying it, full stop, full stop. Best shooter in the country. Wow. That's big. She's one of the best shooters ever, ever. So she is shooting 46.8% on 8.7 threes per game. Dang. Guess how many players have done that since her hoop stats started keeping track of these? I can't think of any, actually. Zero. She is the best. See, there you go. 46. She's the only player ever to shoot above 46% on eight or more threes a game. There's been players just taking more threes and and were great three-point shooters, but Robertson is just out of her mind right now. (laughs) She's first in points per play in the nation. She's second, that's according to her hoop stats. If you look at Synergy's numbers, she's second in points per possession. Just an unbelievable player. And I want to, there's one more stat that I want to say. She has shot 51 two-pointers this year. She's shot 201 (laughs) three-pointers. The game's changed. <laughs> I was going to say, that's such an analytical <laughs> situation there with her. Oh, I yeah. got over 200 threes. Well, and, and you, against what, uh, guess what? Uh, West Virginia is, it's really fun. I love, I love looking at her stat lines. She's 26 points. Uh, she's one of three from two, seven of 14 from three. Wow. Come on. She's she like, come on. And it's funny too. Oh, like, yeah. The point I have to bring up is Maddie Williams is actually leading Oklahoma in scoring, um, despite mm-hmm. all I said about Robertson. But it, right. I love the way they use Robertson as a shooter. I think they have really nice sets for her. They're doing, you know, I think one of the things I've really noticed in watching basketball more closely is if you're a good screener and you mm-hmm. really pop out of those screens fast, you're going to get a ton of wide open shots. Right. AZ right. Flood does it. Yep. Um, Taylor Robertson does it. You could go across the country and in WNBA and the NBA men's, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. If you set good screens and you come out of them fast and you do every single, every single step in that process at hundred percent, you're going to end up with a lot of open shots. So that's just Absolutely. like my, like, really, like, I, re- I want to tell people that's what you do. <laughs> if you want to be a shooter, that's what you do. Um, so that's my little rant on Oklahoma, just cause I, I started looking at their stats and I was floored by how good that's they crazy. were. Um, do you want to talk, let's talk about them though in the context of the Big 12? Sure. Because sure. this conference is another one that I think we're going to have to do a, a nice roundup for because there's a lot of really good teams. Iowa State's yeah. on top of the conference, tied with mm-hmm. Oklahoma at nine and two. 
We got Baylor at seven and three, Kansas State at seven and four. Texas mm-hmm. has lost a couple games in a row, so they're they're yeah. behind Kansas. And just so many good teams here, and so right. many excellent players. I mean, you actually every every team you look at, they have a star player. Ashley Jones for Iowa State, Taylor Robertson, and Maddie Williams for Oklahoma. Baylor has either the number one or number two pick. If you listen to people, Melissa Smith, and then obviously Aoka Lee. So just like, what do you think about this conference? And and do you think, I mean, like if I I don't know, we don't have to handicap it, but just what are are your general thoughts? I mean, like all of the top conferences, there's, you know, everyone's beating up on one another. So it's just interesting to, to watch how they're doing that. Right. Mm-hmm. Not the fact necessarily that it is happening, but how it's happening. And when it comes down to conference play, it's all about matchups. It really is. Mm-hmm. It's about personnel. It's about style of play and it's about matchups. And if you can take away the strengths of other teams and exploit their weaknesses, you're going to have, you're going to have uh, a day. And I think that's what we're seeing with Texas with them losing mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, the last couple of games, but we know what they're capable of, right? We yeah. know what, what they're able to do. And then when you see a team like Iowa State, I mean, they beat Iowa out of conference. Mm-hmm. You know, they have some strong wins out of the conference, but within the conference to be sitting at the top, I mean, that's super impressive, especially with a team like Baylor and Melissa Smith sitting there um, just a couple spots behind them. So you're looking at it on paper and you're like, well, wow, it, it should be Baylor, right? Because of what they did last year. They're bringing back pretty much everybody um, except for uh, maybe two starters. But I think what is really intriguing to watch is how these teams game plan for one another mm-hmm. and what they choose to take away and what they choose to say, hey, we she can get hers. We're going to take away the next situation that we would have, right? So I think that's interesting. And, and I love watching... Um, you know, the game plan of it all. And usually figure it out by the middle of the first quarter, like what what are their rules today? Yeah. Or what are they looking to do to disrupt this team? And and what are they doing offensively to, to attack? Where are they looking to attack this particular team? So I think when you're watching any conference games, but when you're watching games, don't just watch it for the score and, and who wins or who doesn't. Look at the strategy of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the beauty of the game. And I think that's what we've seen um, in this conference, but, um, but I think with, with Iowa state, I mean, they're just so disciplined. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's why they're sitting at the top. No, I, I agree. I mean, I, it's, it's, um, it's still boxing saying styles makes fights, right? <laughs> so you, and I didn't, I left yeah. this out when I was talking about Oklahoma, they're the team that gave up 61 points to Aoka Lee. Why probably has something to do with the fact that they're the fastest team in the country and they don't have a big to stand up to Aoka Lee in the paint. And I think that it, that kind of goes up and down this conference. Like you're saying, you have a team like Iowa state who is so disciplined and they, and they work really well and they have, they may have an advantage over a team like an Oklahoma or a Baylor that wants to get out and run. Um, I do want on Baylor though. They had, so they Texas, unfortunately had the misfortune of playing Baylor back to back. Right. So that's a tough assignment. Um, sure. And I, I think Baylor probably has, the highest ceiling of any team here. Mm-hmm. If you told me one team from the big 12 made it to the final four, I'd probably say it was Baylor at this time, Okay, but they're really rounding the corner. I think they're rounding the corner on the three point shooting on the strategy and getting in used to Nikki Collins right. offense. 
Like right. they're they're rounding the corner, but I don't know. I mean, Oklahoma could beat them, and 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 you know, in the Big Twelve tournament, no problem. Like I, I wouldn't be surprised yeah. at that at all. Iowa State yeah. could do it. You know, Kansas State has one of, if not the best player in the country at the moment, and then Texas. You know, if you're not fully ready for that press system that Vic Schaefer runs, you're dead. It doesn't matter, yeah. and that and teams have gotten ready it for it. Yeah, but that's what. So I think you're right. Styles makes fights in the Big Twelve. And across mm-hmm. across conferences, you know, you look at the the ACC is a little bit, I think, a little bit, a little bit more, uh, uh, not normal, but they're they're a little bit more together. It's a more cohesive um, right. styling in the ACC. But then you look at the Big Ten, the Big Twelve. It's like these teams are just wildly different in everything yes. they want to do. So I think yeah. it's really difficult to game plan in these conferences. I applaud the coaches, but I do love it. That's just like what you're saying, that watching yeah. um, watching the the fights, the styles, the style clashes um that are happening uh do you want to get some some games on the schedule for this weekend absolutely okay i have a, I, have have? A, I have a theory just go, just go okay. here just humor, humor me humor <laughs> me so uh i'm calling this saturday okay i mean sorry the sunday because there's games on saturday that fall into this category right but okay the sunday false spring sunday we live in the district it's getting a little warm, right? It's, it's getting it's warm and it's February. It's weird. It's a false spring. We will get back <laughs> to cold. I'm sure. I'm sure we'll get back to cold soon. It's a false spring. And that's why this weekend's false spring Sunday. Because we're going to find out who's blooming into a contender. All right. And which teams are going to be stuck in winter come mm. March. You like okay. that? I love that. It's a groundhog-ish. I like I, it. I, I toyed with calling it Groundhog Day, but I want it to be a little different. You know? I, want to be I like different. I like the difference. But yeah, so we got Georgia, South Carolina. I'm not putting anything on Georgia. Poor Georgia. I, anyone who has to play South Carolina, I feel bad for you guys. I'm sorry. Um, but we have Michigan, Northwestern, back to the Big Ten. Yeah. yeah. You know, we're going to figure out exactly how good Michigan is and how good Northwestern is, because I think Northwestern is yeah. probably a tournament team at the moment. Right. And they have a chance to really solidify that resume against Michigan. And I don't see a reason why they couldn't win. Uh, right. We also have Vanderbilt, Tennessee. Tennessee needs to get back to their winning ways. And, and Vanderbilt has pulled off some upsets or unupset this year. So that's right. totally possible. We have Virginia Tech, North Carolina battling for spots oh. in the ACC. Whoever wins like that, that probably has the inside lane to getting a higher seed in the tournament. I AC- like it. And NCAA, Notre Dame, Louisville, and Notre Dame uh, coming off that big upset of NC State, looking to take on Louisville, Duke, NC State, Arizona State, Arizona, Colorado, Stanford, LSU, Texas A&M, Oregon State, Oregon, all these teams really hoping to say (laughs) we are contenders. Make sure you have us in your top five seeds for the NCAA tournament and your bracketologies this weekend. So any of those games really, really interesting to you? Oh man, you rattled off a ton of them, but I would tell you what, I I am all for a great big 10 battle in Michigan Mm -hmm. Northwestern. I think that, you know, with the tournament starting in three weeks, I think, well, maybe a month, but I'm I'm pushing it. So uh, three weeks and a little bit of change, three weeks and some change. I think it's, it's always intriguing this last month of, of conference play, but I think, you know, with Michigan coming off that big win, sometimes it's tough. Mm-hmm. you know, that next game, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. come back and bring that same moxie. So that I think that's going to be a big test for them, um, especially against a team like Northwestern with their blizzard defense, mm-hmm. that they're going to be trying fair. to be disruptive and they rotate quickly. They're right there up the line. And 
uh, and Burton and her quick hands. Come on, man. I, that's going to be a great challenge. And who knows if Leah Brown is back? Yeah. You know, for that game. So I think that's going to be something to keep eyes on. But I mean, throughout the ACC, I think also there's some really great yeah. games. I mean, yeah. I love that matchup with uh, Virginia Tech and North Carolina. That's I so think that's going to be a really, I love Kenny Brooks, you know, even when he was at um, James Madison and what he did there, winning championship after championship in the, in the CAA. I think that, that that's going to be a, a true test, especially, well, I know we're not talking about Miami, but I was no. going to say, especially since North Carolina had that big win. They had a big win <laughs> over last, blank, last weekend. over redacted. We're not mentioning the score, certainly. <laughs> No, I was quite surprised by that. If you, but, if you want to go but, look at the Miami North Carolina game on your own time, we're not talking about it. <laughs> we're not going to talk about it. But I'm I just kind you, of, I kind of, I kind of ran down the road uh, to a dead end on that one. But I, it, it was the story, <laughs> and it just happened to be their previous matchup. So sorry. Um, yeah, so I, I like those matchups um, off the top, and I know there's so many games this weekend that are going to be. Fantastic matchups. I know in the Big East on Sunday, I know um, UConn takes on Marquette. I think that's yes. going to be a big game too. Um, and I'll be on that game with Lisa Byington, by the way. Oh, really? That's why that's going to be a good game <laughs> in a lot of ways because I miss Lisa. She's with the Milwaukee Bucks now, so I miss working with her. So finally oh, get awesome. back with her. We get, Lisa, yeah. we get Lisa back for a game. That's great. Lisa B. Yay. Oh, so, that's yeah, awesome. That'll be fun. I'm excited. Yeah. We also have the, the Red River uh, shoot up. Well, I, I guess we don't call it the Red River Shootout anymore, but I'm calling it the Red River Shootout. Oklahoma and Texas on Saturday. There's 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 big games throughout the week. I just wanted to, you know, name a name a Sunday because I think it's fun. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I think that I'm with you on the on the Virginia Tech North Carolina game. I wrote a story on Virginia yeah. Tech earlier this year. I'm really high on Elizabeth Kitley. I think Asia Shepard yes. is a WNBA player. Um, mm-hmm. I think they're going to face a big big test in North Carolina with that defense. Yeah especially if uh, North Carolina can score uh, the way they did in their previous game against an unknown <laughs> opponent. Uh, redacted. Redacted, redacted <laughs> opponent. I'm also, I'm, I'm kind of interested in this Arizona State, Arizona game, you know? Yeah. Arizona State. First off, rivalry game. Uh, rivalry. Second off, it's going to be, what, what day is that? Is that the 11th? Or the, okay, it's, so it's going to be the second one of a back-to-back with okay. these two teams. So they're going to be familiar with each other. And Arizona State just pulled off a big upset of Oregon, and they and yeah. they beat uh, Oregon State as well. So, look, I'm just saying that'll be a, that'll be a fun game if it's close, and I think it will be. And then LSU Texas I'm also going to be a frisky good game. So, just your Sunday, yeah. fall spring Sunday. You know, <laughs> hey, where you're, I'm going to be wearing a tank top because it'll be like 60 degrees. I'll be outside, <laughs> but you got to have it in your back of your mind, like, hey, winter could come back. Don't get too right. comfortable. Don't get right. too comfortable. With, too happy with what's happening now um okay that's 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 all i want to talk about with uh college basketball is there anything else you want to mention uh with college basketball no i'm just gonna leave it right there and i thought you know we really did a, a comprehensive uh examination of ncaa women's basketball so many great things so many great storylines and next week is going to be even more exciting because it's it's like you build bricks with things yeah. you know it's just like boom Boom. I, I love it as we head into conference tournament play and then of course the NCAA tournament. So that'll be awesome to continue to keep track of. Yeah, these podcasts are gonna get longer as we head into March. <laughs> we're already we're already pushing to an hour and 30 minutes pretty much every time. Uh, that doesn't matter. You guys seem to be watching it and listening to it. It's fun. Sounds great. There's chapters, by the way, 
on like the bar below us or in the podcast uh, description. With that being said, let's move over to the WNBA. Um, As I mentioned at the top, I'm going to try to keep my opinions on Liz Cambage for for my podcast with Jackie Powell for Friday. Um, But we obviously need to we need to get some reaction. So Christy, your thoughts on Liz Cambage going to LA. Also, Jordan Canna is going to LA and Katie Lewis Samuelson is going to LA. So reaction to what the Sparks did. If I were to sip this coffee and spit it out, that would be, (laughs) that was my initial reaction when I saw Cambage to LA. Oh boy. Uh, You know, and then I had to double check sources and you know on social i was like wait is that true wait is that someone hoping that that happens or is that actually happening and boy i mean it's actually happening so uh, that freaked me out i i did not see that coming at all i thought she was going to stay with the aces and and with uh asia wilson i thought they were a good dynamic duo so for me i don't know was it was quite shocking i don't know if there's another word i was surprised at uh at that and i'm not mad at it but i was surprised i mean that's what she wants to do i think she fits in la too with with all of her djing and her personality and all the other things she's doing i you know but vegas isn't bad for that either so i don't know it's not like she's you know i think it's a lateral move in that way in terms of uh marketing oh, la la no come on L- we got to get la correct you went to you went to la i was just in la did, did she feel so, like a yeah. star I did. And then I came back home. I was like, man, what's going on? What happened to all the, where's the, where's, where's the chauffeur taking my bag in the house? Like what's happening? But yeah, I got, I was spoiled out there in LA and the palm trees and the 70 degree weather. Yeah. It ain't bad. So yeah. I go to LA. I'm just like, I'm in a, I feel like I'm, I'm in a movie obviously. Cause it is where all the yeah. movies are made, but I don't know. Yeah. I feel like I'm like, every time I go to LA, I'm like, Ooh, I feel like Don Draper in Mad Men. <laughs> Like when Don goes to LA, he's like a completely different person. And when yeah. I'm in LA, I'm just like a completely different person. I don't know yeah, if that person's no, better or worse, no, but I am completely different. different. But yeah, yeah I, no, I was definitely different for the 48 hours I was there or less, probably 40 hours I was there. It was, it was different for me for sure. I'm, I'm really excited though for uh, the Liz, the star in mm-hmm. LA. Um, Liz, the basketball player in LA is going to be more of an interesting idea that i have to get my head wrapped around a little bit more yeah, um yeah yeah but it is it's uh it's gonna be fun i, I think without a doubt it will 100 percent be fun um and we're gonna we're gonna enjoy it as fans and we'll see how they yeah. do we'll see how they do yeah we will um, see so let's let's bring us though from from the uh, uh la la land back <laughs> to reality here in dc the darn the, it okay contagious <laughs> caldwell pope of going from la to <laughs> to dc okay here we go uh also shout i just want to take a brief second i know this is we're talking WNBA, but shouts to all no, my no. heat fans here in oh, yeah. in my in uh the suburb of miami called washington dc because we took over the, the <laughs> wizards game we were so hyped we were yelling i was gonna say that probably i was i knew you were there without oh. knowing for sure that you were there but i knew you were there <laughs> i i started so many let's go heat chance and we were talking <laughs> we we were kind but it, it right. did get it did get a little a little heat. So shouts <laughs> all my Heat fans in DC. If you guys are listening, <laughs> I, I want to talk about the Mystics though, because you know I want to yeah. get really deep into it. I don't think we've gone quite deep into the Mystics no. yet. Yeah. Um, so they obviously 
have changed this team substantially. Uh, Tina yes. Charles is off to Phoenix, Oof. which cr- crazy, crazy. We'll, we'll definitely talk about that again. Dang. But <laughs> Tina Charles is off to Phoenix. Um, they bring in Elizabeth Williams. We talked a little bit about the fit with Elizabeth Williams. But yes. the more I think about it, um, I'm just kind of wondering, like, do you think they finish their finishing lineup? Because remember, your finishing lineup is much more important than your starting lineup. And while I know there's going to be matchups and all that, in general, do you think the finishing lineup for this team includes Elizabeth Williams? Or do the Mystics kind of go, you know, I'm putting in quotes, small-ish with Elena Deladon at the five, Myshine Zalon at the four? No, I think, I mean, this is just my personal opinion without knowing, you know, strategy from Mike Tebow. uh, I just think, you know, to have a rim protector in and a rebounder in, at the end of games is vitally important. So if I'm coaching, which I'm not, <laughs> but if I am, I would like to have, and, and it also depends on matchups and, and who you're playing. However, I would feel a lot more comfortable defensively and, and rebounding wise, which is kind of one and the same, having Elizabeth Williams on the floor. Um, offensively, I mean, she said, you know, I'm known as a, a, a defensive rebounding mm-hmm. kind of player, block shots uh, kind of player. But I, I came to D.C. because I want to test what I can do offensively. So I think that right there solidifies it for me because you already know what she's going to bring defensively. Right. Mm-hmm. We already know what she's going to bring on the glass. So let's see what she does on offense, too. Can she be a key piece on that side of the court? for the mystics and the fact that she wants to do that, you know, and the fact that we've seen her evolve over her career, you know, from Duke now here, um, you know, I think it's, it's something to definitely take a look at, but I would have her on the floor at the end of the game, but I think they need to go big at the end, just, just to solidify their defense and just to solidify the glass. No, I agree. And I think to a certain extent, this also depends on, Maisha Hines Allen's development. Um, you know, she's obviously been a, a key piece to this team for a long yeah. time, but um, yeah. or at least for the last two years. But she, you know, yeah. I think last year, uh, she didn't quite make that that next step that we saw that you know we, we saw as potential. She was injured, she came to camp late. I think it was a weird yeah. season in a ton of regards. Her role kept changing. So with a little bit more stability, if she develops yeah. into the player that we see, the potential that we see. I, I'm, it's going to be really hard to keep her off the court. Uh, and, and then you're going to have to, you know, change your mechanics around. And, um, you know, with if her shooting continues like this, they can tr- run that true five-out system, you know, Natasha yeah. Cloud, Errol Atkins, Alicia Clark, Maishon Zalen, Elena Daladon. That's an incredible like five. In terms yeah, of I was going to say, I like that. I like that list. Offense. In terms of offense, yeah. that's an incredible five. But with the addition, though, of Elizabeth Williams, I want to know if you agree with this. This is the most defensive talent that the Mystics have had in the Elena Deladon era. You have Natasha Cloud, Alicia Clark, Ariel Atkins, Elizabeth Williams. All four players have made an all-defense team. Yep. And then you have Maisha Hines Allen, who, in my opinion, is no slouch on that end. Right. I think for this team, the reason they they didn't make the playoffs last year was because of their defense. Yeah, yeah. With a healthy Alicia Clark and with Elizabeth Williams, I think they can get up to 
their highest defensive rating in the Atlanta Deladon era. Do you think that's true or am I being a little too optimistic? Oh, no, I'm a thousand percent in agreement with that because, I mean, Mike Tebow even alluded to that, saying that, you know, they have four players who are made all defensive teams. Mm -hmm. And he said that, you know, maybe that'll motivate everybody else on the team. (laughs) You know what he means to be (laughs) that, you know, tactically sound on the defensive end. And I, I think he has, there's something to be said for that because when you're around players who are focused and, and digging in and communicative on the defensive end, it rubs off. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, you know you can score it, but, wow, if you can get into those passing lanes, and I just envision Ariel Atkins and Alicia Clark, you know, getting in the passing lanes and going the other way, and I see Elizabeth Williams blocking shots and protecting the rim. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it, is, it is a good kind of uh, challenge for the other players who haven't yet made a defensive team, <laughs> you know, an all-defensive team. But to be around that kind of culture – on that side of the ball, I think it's gonna be great. And I think Elena Deladon kind of alluded to the fact that we have a lot of great young players, but also a lot of great experienced players Mm -hmm. on the floor. And I think when you have experience, I mean, defense to me is something that that you're most comfortable with, especially in the WNBA when your learning curve is different, you know, Mm -hmm. illegal defense. Like you have to make sure you're where you need to be. And, and you're talking because it's fast and there's a lot of uh, ball screen actions, a lot of pin down stuff that you need to be in the right place um, to cover. So I just think that, you know, when you're around people who know where to be and when to be <laughs> at certain places, especially on the defensive end, I think it just makes it easier yeah. to be cohesive. And then I think it's going to pay off on the other side for them as well. Well, and the other thing is, um, is that with this defense, not only are they talented, you know, Alicia Clark, one of the best defenders in this yeah. league in, in basketball period. Um, they are also really good communicators. And that's that what you need place. with defense. Like that is that you can have someone who's not maybe not as quick, maybe someone who's not, you know, the sort of rim protector. And I'm talking about Lance right. Aldon, let's be real. The, the weak link here on this awesome defense would be Alana Daldon, but she's an excellent communicator. Like she doesn't right. let she understands the game so well that even with some of her physical limitations and, and we'll see what, what, you know, what those are, if she's uh, healthy this year, right. She's still, a, it can be a part of a plus defense because of the way she communicates. And I think that's going to be a big part of why this team is so good. Cause they have so much communication. They have so much better right. talent um, that they can, they can really put together a strong defense. They have not been above average in defense since 2015. Wow. So, I think I think this year could be and hopefully will be the year that they, you know, break through and have an above average defense. And with the offensive talent that we just talked about, I think this is a team that could be scary. However, though, mm-hmm. and I think we got to talk about this because it's not it's not fun. We have to kind of think about this team with Atlanta Deladon, as we have been and without Atlanta Deladon, just in case, because you don't know what the what her back situation is going to be during yeah. the season. She seems healthy. She worked out with Team yes. USA. Yeah, she's she's definitively said that she will be ready for the season, which did not happen last year. No, she, she was very she was more wishy washy about about last season. So this year, she's saying she's going to yeah. be ready. She feels great. Yeah, but considering the history, <clears throat> where do you think this team is without Elena Daldon? 
are they still mm-hmm. in the playoff mix? I think so. I think they have enough. And I think what we were just talking about, the defense will carry them over the finish line to get to the playoffs. Um, obviously with Deladon, a given. Without her, it'll be tougher, obviously, but I think they could still make it there um, because they're going to get the stops necessary to, to get the offense generated uh, that they need. So I'm, I'm just really hoping and praying that Elena Deladon stays uh-huh. healthy all season long and if she needs, you know, on a back-to-back night, and no pun, uh, but if on a, on a back-to-back uh, game situation, schedule-wise, if she needs to take that second game off, I'm good with that. You know, whatever it takes to preserve her health, mm-hmm. I am here to uh, cheer that on and, and just want her to be able to sustain her, her great level of play. And yeah. the fact that she is just, I mean, she exudes – joy when she was talking about i've been pain-free for months yes and i'm like and you can see it resonated in her face that she has you know put herself through the rigors and um gone through some contact drills and and all that for an hour hour and a half and afterwards she's saying that the recovery is is a lot better Mm -hmm. like i don't have pain after i do a really strenuous workout so hopefully she'll be able to sustain that throughout the season. And, you know, she'll continue to say, you know, I've been months pain-free as the season yeah. starts too. So that remains to be seen, but I, you know, I'm, I'm very optimistic, um, pun intended, um, <laughs> about, about Eladon. Well, the, the discourse around her and this team is different this year than last year. Certainly, as I mentioned, like she's much more confident in her health this year and, you know, she's much more confident in her health. I, I think we have reason to be, but I'm, I don't want to get, you know, I, I don't want to get like my hopes up for me and for her. Cause then, you know, I, I don't, she, I want her to be healthy and happy first right. and foremost. And I want her to be playing basketball, but yeah. you know, she, she, she has a life. So I I'm, I'm, I, I'm hoping and I'm, I'm with you <laughs> sending so many good vibes that she's yeah, healthy, man. but if she's not, I'm with you. I think they, they can still compete for yeah. a, a playoff spot. I'm, I'm not sure that I wouldn't put them in the title contender category, but especially if the number one pick comes in, whoever that is, yeah. and can contribute immediately. Right. This team's really strong. This seems really, really strong. Um, so I, I think they can still compete for a playoff spot. I'm not necessarily sure I picked them and I'm not necessarily sure, you know, they, they, they may want that to be in the lottery <laughs> um, at that right. point. But I, I think if this number one pick comes in and they and uh, that person can really contribute, then yeah, of course, even with Elena right. Daldon, this team can compete for a playoff spot. I think with Elena Daldon, I, I don't think I put them in the top tier of WNBA, but they're they're lurking. They're, right they're there. lurking. You got you got a lot of <laughs> players with a lot of championship experience yeah. that are ready to go. And a team that makes a lot of sense together, you know, of, of the teams that have reshaped themselves, Washington has an argument for being the one that fits the best together. Yeah. Yeah. So I agree. I agree. I, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that Atlanta Dalton will play mm-hmm. and that even if yeah. she does have some, you know, injury problems or in just the games that she misses, they'll be able to stay afloat. I think that would be huge for them. Um, and that's, that's in large part due to Elizabeth Williams. Um, so I do want to mention something that's not as much fun. Uh, oh. Just to let our, our, our folks know uh, that the Mystics will have to go likely with 11 players this year 
So uh, in training camp, there's going to be some cuts of some folks that we all know. Um, they'll likely have to cut either Erica McCall or Sydney Weiss to have a legal roster. Uh, Sydney Weiss would probably have to go if they want to keep both Tiana Hawkins and Shatori Walker Kimbrough, um, plus a player on a zero to two year minimum because that's cheaper. If they decide to go with two players in the lower minimum and one of Shatori Walker Kimbrough and Tiana Hawkins, then they can cut Erica McCall. That's just salary stuff. I, I can get more into it on Twitter. Um, wow. but that, that's, that's just a situation. Okay. That's just a situation wow. is that one of those players is going to probably get squeezed here. And we don't also, we also are still waiting on the mystery move that was teased, which our Twitter sleuths have kind of thought that it's Rui Machida, the Japanese point guard, because uh-huh. um, she fits into that little silhouette that they posted on Twitter. I know, that's, I've been trying to figure out the silhouette and it's really hard. <laughs> I well, I, I think it, it, you know, they, 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 uh, the people on Twitter seem to think it's her. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to say like, if, if someone is getting, cut here on this roster i personally hope that tiana hawkins and shatori rucker kimbrough are back because then we get to see the bands back together and i I think they'll fit yeah i like it i you know and who knows who that silhouette person is but if it is her say her name again rui mishita rui mishita she will um make a big difference because if that's who it is isn't she like a three-point dynamo (sighs) like um, so. just come on man like i'm good bring her over here <laughs> she she's uh i mean the, Let it yeah. fly. leilani mitchell does not appear to be coming back i think actually leilani's pregnant so or she's given i'm not sure i saw that somewhere that she was pregnant and that she signed up to coach in australia this year um so congratulations to her uh, oh. but it appears that she will not be back and that opens the door for Rui machina yeah, who happens to play a lot like leilani mitchell Okay, um, I did not know about Leilani. Oh, oh Leilani, congratulations. Yeah, right. It's, it's, it's uh, I think it's her second kid. Um, yes, Cash is her son. Yeah, yes. Cash. Oh, Cash. <laughs> uh, but she, so I mean, I'd love this, it'd be amazing. I don't yes. have any reporting to suggest that this is true yet. Okay, if it is, though, it's really fun. However. You guys should go back <laughs> and look at um what she did in the Olympics last year. She had yeah. 18 assists against France if in that, in that semifinal game, which was, uh, which was a banger. Oh so, go, so go back and watch her and get, get a little excited um, <laughs> because that, that'd be super fun. That would. That would. Yeah. Unfortunately, I think, uh, I do think McCall or, I mean, I, I don't think looking at the numbers, McCall or Weiss are going to have to go. Um, I really, I mean, I, I don't know who would I keep out of those two with this roster. If I, yeah. Oh, that's tough. That's I, hate, tough. I hate the business of basketball, right? It's like, <laughs> just keep them both and, and let's just play. But that's a, that's unfortunately, a, can't do it. To the salary. Like yeah, it's a salary cap. It's a, it's, yeah. it's, it, the, the cap is what it is and they have to deal with it. Um, but I, I don't know. I, they don't have a lot of weight. Oh, they do have a lot of, I don't know. I don't know. Which, <laughs> do they need a wing more or a big more? I think they need a big more. I think they need a big more. I, I, Erica brought a lot, you know. She did. On, not, not just when she was playing, but also on the bench in terms of her of chemistry. Course. Energy. I don't know. I, I would, I'm glad I don't have to make that decision because <laughs> that's just tough. Because they both obviously deserve to be in the league and on this team. But 
you know, contractually speaking, you got, you have to make tough choices and decisions. So I don't know. I don't know either. But regardless, I think this is uh <laughs> this is a, a exciting, exciting uh, mystics team that we're going to see on the floor, mm-hmm. especially if Landon's healthy and especially with the number one pick, which we got to get in we, at some point, maybe next month when WNBA free agency comes down, we'll get into exactly who we think it is because i've already given my I, we we, we kind of got into it but i want to get into a it a little bit i want to get into, yeah. into it a little bit more <laughs> um okay do you want to talk about team usa yes because they are here in dc number one and i know you know my daughter brie brianna scott is over at um, georgetown and i know they've been working out at mcdonald's really? arena oh my so they're not allowed to go in but they've seen the players and i know kelsey plum and the assistant coach for Georgetown, Sugar Rogers, yeah. are very close because Sugar was assistant with the Aces in the mm-hmm. WNBA. And um, and she said some really, really great things. Look it up on Twitter. It's really sweet. And um, Sugar signed off on it and said Sugar Plum. So I guess Kelsey <laughs> calls Sugar Sugar Plum. And I thought that was the best. But she said that how uh, Sugar has uh, totally impacted her life in a positive way. And I can co-sign that uh, for Brie because... That's who she works out with, with her individual mm-hmm. workouts and stuff like that. And she's always um, so encouraging and, and really a, a great piece to the puzzle for, for Georgetown. So all the things that Kelsey was saying, I was like, I hear that every day from Brianna. And so um, with USA basketball being right here in DC, I think they play Belgium on Saturday uh, at 4.30 at ESA. Am I right? They play uh, yes. exhibition game. Yeah. Is, so uh, no, no, it's a, it's, a, it's a real game. Oh, it's not exhibition. Okay, okay. We're, yeah. we're actually, I will oh. let me get the schedule up. Um, but these are these are um uh the World Cup qualifiers. Um, okay, so it's. Although I was kind of like under the impression that the U.S. qualified because they. That's won. why I thought it was like exhibition game, like we we're just getting some games in, but it's qualifiers. Okay. I, I it, we're in the qualifying tournament. I thought okay. we qualified. I don't know, guys. I'm sorry. My grasp on, on international basketball is not like the best, so <laughs> I will get a better answer for you. However, uh, here, here's the schedule. I'm looking at it. So we got Belgium, Puerto Rico tomorrow. Right. Um, I'll be heading to that one. And then, yeah, the biggie, the biggie on Friday, USA, Belgium, 630. Um, oh, okay. And yeah. what's Saturday? Saturday is something. There's a Saturday, game Saturday, USA, Puerto Rico. Oh, okay. Okay. I knew that yeah. was one on Saturday. And then get this. I, I want to talk about Team USA's roster. But get this. So uh, Russia was supposed to come to DC, but they have a different vaccine. I don't know if they don't have a vaccine. I, I, I didn't get exactly what was happening, but they, I think they had all took a different vaccine that was not like permitted for entry into the United States. So oh. Russia is playing Puerto Rico and Belgium in the Dominican Republic as part of this DC, like part of the qualifiers. So it's listed here on the website as, Washington, like the locations first listed, Washington, yeah. D.C., but then it says at Dominican Republic because Russia cannot enter the country. Oh, boy. So now Belgium but has to come here. What difference does it make? Right, but how, how big of a difference? And I, you know, I'm not angry. I'm just wondering. I have uh, no idea what's happening, yeah. No, but I'm saying, like, how does that happen? They go to the Dominican Republic and play the same teams that play teams here in the United States without Oh, no, afterwards. Them. Oh, after. Okay. So yeah, I was Belgium, like, wait, is it during the same Yeah, time so Belgium's frame? coming here. Uh, I get it. Playing, okay. They're playing here on Friday. 
Got it. And they're flying to Porter uh, to Dominican Republic to plan okay. Sunday. So we're having Russia, Belgium in the Dominican Republic. I get it now. Okay. Cause I was like, wow, why are they doing that? If they're going to come back and play the same teams, they're going to have interactions with, I don't know, this virus is, you know, it's, it's complicated. The whole thing is, <laughs> yeah. you guys, you guys know, you guys know, I don't know how to take us. Um, yeah. okay. Let's talk about the Team USA roster though. Uh, I think yeah. everyone who made it, the tip, the players who didn't make it, they didn't make it because they were injured. Or, I mean, are coming off an injury. So, Lady Daldon, yeah. Laney, I don't have the full list of, of everyone who showed up to camp, but pretty much everyone who showed up to camp and is not playing is coming off an injury. And that's why they're not playing. Right. The roster, as you might imagine, though, is still pretty, pretty awesome. So, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to list out the experienced players. We have Jewel Lloyd, Kelsey Plum, as you mentioned, Ariel mm-hmm. Atkins, uh, DC Zone, Steph Dolson, Alicia Gray, and Chelsea Gray. Uh, those are all players that have been with Team USA and played with Team USA in the last Olympics or on the three-on-three team. We have the entire three-on-three team back. And then we have some newcomers, Natasha Howard, who is super pumped up on Twitter. I know most wow. of you guys can't follow her on Twitter because she tweets are protected. But <laughs> Natasha Howard was pumped up about being on Team USA, Brianna Jones, right. Kayla McBride, Kelsey Mitchell, Dierica Hamby, and Alyssa Thomas. Alyssa Thomas finally on this team. Deserves. Finally. Yes, please. Uh so do you want to pick a starting lineup? Oh, what? Me? <laughs> I, I can go first. I can go first. You go first, man, because you know it's a lot. I'm, I'm like calculating too many things. <laughs> so here's what I got. So Chelsea Gray has to be a starter at point guard. No offense to anybody else. Yeah. Uh, I think Jewel Lloyd has to start at the two. No offense okay. to Chelsea Plum. Um, then at the three... There's so many options that it gets a little complicated. Okay. I'm stuck here, and I could use your help between Ariel Atkins and Kayla McBride. I mean, I know Ariel. we have. <laughs> we obviously I'm have. I'm going with Ariel Atkins. I'm going with the AA. And, and it's because of her defensive energy, too. You know what I mean? I think, and her consistency. Mm-hmm. And all things aside, even if she didn't play here in DC, I would say that, you know, just her skill set. And her yeah. speed and energy on the defensive end, and the fact that she can stroke the three, um, and not that Kayla McBride yeah, can't. That's a fact. Um, but I think she's more consistent, most consistent with her 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 shooting. And I don't know what her hoop stats says about yeah. the consistency of of that stat for those two, but that's just from you know putting my eyes on both of them and just thinking it through, just here on a knee jerk reaction. But I, I think. Ariel Atkins maybe earns that three spot, yeah? I I think so. Okay. I don't know, though. I mean, because Kayla McBride brings a lot of the same things you're saying. Um, and she's she's obviously a great player. Atkins may have the edge in terms of experience with Team USA. I mean, I think okay. you have to you have to throw Alicia Gray into this mix as well, just because she brings she brings a little bit more length than either of them. True. I don't know. Let's go, Ariel Atkins. Home. Yeah. Home. She's at home. She's at home. Let, let her be let there yeah, be okay. in the now. Uh, at the four, this That's is a diff- this yeah, is a very this, difficult decision. This is bad, but <laughs> I don't know. I think you got to go with Alyssa Thomas. I don't see yeah. how you don't. I don't yeah. see how you don't. No, uh, she's a machine. No shape. Well, it's also the the issue here is like so. There's Alyssa Thomas, right? And I'd say the next best player on this team. Well, Natasha Howard and Alyssa Thomas are kind of neck and neck, and they would both probably ideally play the four right but i don't think 
I think you have to put Thomas in the starting lineup because she's just a little bit better. She brings something that the other players don't bring. So I want to, I want to yeah. get her on the floor a little bit more. Um, yeah, and I, I probably shift Natasha Howard to the five, but I have a slash line here just because Steph Dolson works so well in these situations, you yeah. know, where, where there's a bunch of star players and, and she kind of has to just be the passer, the screen or the rebounder, do the dirty work. She works so well in that position. Not that mm-hmm. Natasha Howard doesn't obviously, but I just I think you have to give her a little bit of of uh, credit here enough to to say that she maybe she's only she's really the only her and Brianna Jones are the two true centers, right? Um, I think I would go Natasha Howard over both of them, but I think Dolson definitely deserves a a, a little bit of consideration there. Yeah, I, I agree. I like Natasha Howard and you know what she was able to do um, on the interior in particular. I mean, she is such a striker from mm-hmm. the high post area in terms of driving and finishing. Yeah. They need that. And defensively they need that too. And and what she's able to do on the glass. So I like that. And to put her alongside Alyssa Thomas, I mean that to me yeah. is a combustible situation in the paint for uh for anyone who they play. They're going to be so disruptive. And then Ariel Atkins in the gaps. And then you said mm. Jewel Lloyd and oh my God, Chelsea Gray. I mean I'm just salivating right now thinking of what what they're all going to look like on the floor. But I, you know, thank you for walking me through that, you know, yeah. process of choosing. But I think those five would be oof, so dynamic together. I think that, that makes it a great group. I'm going to look at uh, Belgium's roster really quick. Um, just don't, I want to see it. I want to see what the roster is for this uh, World uh, Cup qualifying, if I can find well, it. I'm sure Chicago Skies, um, Emma Neesman yeah. is on there. <laughs> I'm sure... Uh, well, I, I don't actually, I don't know if Julie Alamond is playing for them right now. I, don't, oh, yeah. I can't find the roster guys. Come on. We need, I need a little bit of help internet. You're killing me. <laughs> You're killing me. You're only showing me the 2020. Okay. We'll have to talk oh, about Belgium USA after the fact, um, yeah. but it's going to, that's going to be an awesome game. You know, you got Emma Miesemann. I think Julie Alamond might be there. Um, yeah. you know, they have, they have a great commitment to their national team. The Belgians do. Yes. Yes. And it's going to be a really interesting game because um, this USA team's awesome, but that Belgian team has a lot of time together. Yeah. Uh, and they've, they, you know, this is not, there, there's some players missing here in the USA that could open the door for Belgium to win. Again, Very true. anyone out there that knows what this tournament actually means, because I was under the impression that we made the World Cup by virtue of winning the World Cup. To but yeah, to qualify already. But if someone can explain that to me, maybe I'm completely wrong, folks. So don't. No, don't. And me too. And me. Explain it to me too. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad like, we're saying this at the end of the podcast. Don't listen to us on this one. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, Christy. Uh, that's that's all I got. We're, we're getting out of here a little bit early. Only an hour and 12 minutes. Look huh, at us. That's, that's brief for that's us. It. That is very brief for us. But I do, before we go, I have to give a shout out to Player Society. All right. uh, you know, support your black owned businesses, people. I did. This wasn't a freebie. I supported it. It was Black History Month. Black women run it and uh, Player Society. Oh, and I have the pants too. Wait, this is on YouTube, right? Yes. Oh, I love I those pants. pants too. And it's comfortable. And I'm not being, you know, a paid, you know, advertiser or sponsor, but it's nice and thick, like seriously. And the, the sleeves are long enough. I have super long arms. Mm. The sleeves are down and it's like, crazy thick and warm and cozy it's really good so play, play society it. go on their uh on their ig you know i thought it was 
because I'm because I'm Cuban and from Miami. I thought it was Playa Society. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, it very well could be, but Playa. No, there's not a beach. There's playa, not a playa. beach. It's a, it's it's play it's playa. I call it playa because that's I my I've lived in Miami for too long. Um, playa Society. If you would like to sponsor Courtside, though, simply I hit mean, us up. Simply hit us up. We love your stuff. I could I could give a set to to Brie or something. You know, I already oh. have this one, but I can give her if another one comes along. Pat, two, push that on. Two Brie. wonderful models. I have a camera. I could take pictures. I'm not necessarily I mean, a model type. I we mean, can do it. We can, we can do it, guys. So let us know. Uh, a playa society slash playa society or anyone anyone who wants to who wants to send the stuff yeah. we will wear it and we will wear relentlessly it. plug it okay <laughs> absolutely absolutely but you know what they're cutting these lights out on us again Gabe. my god what another great episode of courtside with christy and gabe right here on the her hoop stats podcast network we will check you out next time for gabe ibrahim i am christy winter scott See you next time.